Considering becoming a landlord through rental property, do the returns justify the hassles involved? Well, today we'll discuss the pros and cons of rentals and provide some other options to consider. Let's get some perspective. Welcome to another episode of Christian Financial Perspectives. I'm Sean Peters, joined as always by my co-host and father-in-law, Bob Barber. Today, we're going to be talking about investing in real estate. Obviously, there are a lot of options within that topic, but what we're really going to be focusing on today is presenting some of the common options available to the average investor. So we're not talking about a super high net worth individual here. We're talking about those with less than a million dollars overall that they might be investing in real estate. Now, unfortunately, I had to kind of drag Bob in kicking and screaming for this one because I know, Bob, you cannot, <laughs> yeah. you hate talking about real estate. Oh, oh just hate uh, it. You know, yeah, absolutely. No. I, no, in all seriousness, Bob, you, you can't stay away from real estate. I do I, know that. I love real um, estate. Always have <laughs> loved real estate, Sean. Um, I, you know, my dad was in real estate for 45, 50 years. So I come from a background of mm-hmm. real estate and really understand it. And I've, I saw a lot of the mistakes that he made. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense with your career path then because you went from your dad having that background and then you went into more of the finance business side of the home building and then eventually into investment management financial advice. Yep. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, so today the primary things we're going to be covering – is rent our, our rental homes. Mm-hmm. That's one, one option yep. that the average investor, and that for most people, I think that are the fit in within that category of under a million dollars, that is probably the first thing people think of if it you is. say invest in real estate. Without a doubt. Single family rental home. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be covering that, pros and cons. We're also going to be covering real estate investment trust. We'll kind of go over a little bit of what that is and the two different kinds. So if you're waiting for us to talk about the pros and cons of investing in a large apartment complex, with a couple million dollars or a large commercial, it, we're not really going to. But you could do that through a real estate you investment could, you trust. Could, yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, without further ado, Bob, would you like to start us off on rental homes? I will. Rental homes are an interesting subject to talk about. Mm-hmm. We've had many podcasts, at least three or four in the past out of our 180 to 200. I know we're, we're coming on 200 podcasts. That's right. Soon. That's right. Um, and talked about just the entire episode has been about rental homes and is mm-hmm. it a, is it a good investment today we're just going to talk a few minutes about it we'll link that in the description by the way for those of you who want to see something specific on the details of a rental home yeah. and the math behind it we'll link that in the description yeah so. it goes way back yeah we've done a couple of them but in my opinion Sean rental homes are the worst way to invest in real estate. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm so shocked. I didn't see that in the script at all. <laughs> <laughs> now, why why would I say that rental homes are the worst way to invest in real estate? Well, one of the, one of the reasons is is the tenancy you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. You don't have diversification; it's just in one spot. That's right. But the other thing is is just the yield itself, the actual right. yield, not appreciation. The, the math, basically. When you look at the math, I went out a couple of days ago, and you know we're in the Austin, San Antonio area, so. Mm-hmm. I looked at a suburb of Austin, a Buda or Kyle, Texas. And I don't expect those of you up north to know where that is, but just think of the between the, Austin and San Antonio. It's just That's one big city, by the way. Yeah. Um, then I came closer to home, which is in New Braunfels, where mm-hmm. we are, which is we're closer to San Antonio and Buda is closer to Austin. Yep. But I found that the prices were about the same. Mm-hmm. And in our area, 
um, about a 2,000 to 2,200 square foot home, yep. um, was around that 500 to 600,000 range, even as we speak with yeah. the interest rates that have gone up. So I, I looked and I, I found a lot of them for sale, yep. as you can you know right, right now with the high interest rates. So I looked in this area. You can do this, by the way, on a, on a realtor app. And you can you can look, do the same thing. You, you go into yeah, the don't fil- just take our word for it. This is just what Bob found. You do, yeah, you do the filter and you do buy, and then you can just go to the filter and say rent, and you'll see what those those homes are renting for. So there, I found a lot of homes for rent in the for sale areas, probably because yep. things are moving slower. And I found the rent to be between eighteen hundred and twenty two hundred per month. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay, so if you if you take that those numbers in. And the range of five to six hundred, I'm just going to use five hundred and fifty thousand to split the difference. Yep, it, right in the middle. And let's say rents on the high side. Let's say it's twenty two hundred a month that you're receiving in rent. Take that, multiply that times twelve. You're at twenty six thousand four hundred dollars in gross rental income. Mm. Sounds good so far. So far, okay, okay. twenty six thousand four hundred gross. But here in Texas, we got the property tax, right? And I know in a couple other states they have some high property taxes yep. as well. Which computes like in the Kyle Buta area at two point one nine percent. Okay. So that the property tax is about ten thousand dollars a year. Mm. So now we're down to sixteen hundred. You got it. And, okay. And then then take another twelve or fifteen hundred away for that for the insurance. Mm-hmm. So let's just say twelve hundred. Yeah. Okay. So so bottom line is is you're you're you've moved that gross in, rental income from twenty six thousand dollars down. To fifteen thousand two hundred mm-hmm. after just Sean, just taxes and insurance. Yeah. You, what about your time, or if you hire a property manager, or if there's some sort of maintenance issue where something breaks, overflows, water heater breaks down. <laughs> so the way you do this is is you you take that that number that fifteen two and you divide it by five fifty, and that's going to give your yield. Sean, what is say what that yield is? Two point seven six percent per year. Is that crazy? Which even under normal conditions, that is barely above average inflation, and it's below what we've been seeing recently. And Sean, you realize this is if you pay cash. Yeah. That doesn't even factor in a mortgage. If you finance today, you're going to be in a a major negative cash flow mm. position. So the yeah. only thing you can rely on is the appreciation. Yeah. In that case. Mm. This just doesn't make sense to me. And that could be a whole other topic. You, right. If, if any of you are curious, look at the actual change in average prices of homes mm-hmm. over, over the years. When I hear about people talk about, oh, look how great the appreciation is over time. It's a similar number. It's about inflation. So it, yeah. you know, it hangs it's right with great. 3 to 4% inflation. And we've been in a 10-year a period of ultra low interest mm-hmm. rates that were artificially stimulated by the Fed. And That's those right. days are over, folks. They're yeah. over. Get used to interest rates being back to where they are today. Go to tradingeconomics.com and put in the average means for interest rates and the Fed rate, and you'll see that. Yeah. We're right where we should be with interest rates. So basically, to summarize it, rental home, even if you buy it with cash, mm-hmm. you're still, in this example, you're still looking at less than 3% average return. Assuming no additional time for your for the time you're putting into right. doing anything, you you don't have a property manager, you're not spending any money on marketing to try to get a new renter whenever the renter leaves and the, the lease is over, no money for annual repairs, uh, none of that. That's just that's basically your gross. Hey, Sean, I've never way. seen one, and we have a worksheet if you want to see the worksheet. I've never seen one 
in my entire career that that gets over four percent. Yeah. So and, and today it's CD rates at five plus. So why why would you do that? Why take that well, risk? You may say okay. because of the appreciation. Okay. So now we're going to get into what I feel is the easiest and best way to invest in real estate, which is a REIT or real estate investment trust. So what exactly is that, Bob? It buys a diversified portfolio. It could be it could be housing. Yeah. It could be apartments. But it's not a home. Right. It's maybe hundreds of homes or thousands of homes or, or apartments. multiple apartment complexes. Or it could be healthcare. It could be hospitals. Mm-hmm. It can be anything real gotcha. estate. Okay. We, there's ones that own billboards. Sure. You yeah. Know? Okay. Because it's so, all about generating income, by the point way. Point being is you you purchase this this one position or this this one and make this one investment to give yourself access to multiple properties. That's correct. And across various uh, sectors, industries. So within that though, there are two types. I want to make sure we make very clear. There are publicly traded and there are privately traded REITs. So uh, before we get into what, which today we're really recommending the publicly traded REIT option. Absolutely. We'll go into that. But Bob, why why would we say to people to avoid privately traded? REIT. I've been down the road, Sean. I've been down the road with both of them. And the the privately traded REIT really locks you in. Mm-hmm. If you get into a privately traded REIT, it may sound really good up front. Like maybe they're going to give you a 6 or 7% dividend. Yeah. But then they can pull the rug out from under you. And because it's privately traded, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And You've got to basically get it redeemed by the company. By the company itself, or somebody's going to come along and give you pennies on the dollar. And if they didn't manage it well, then all of a sudden you're kind of in a bad spot because there's no one really to redeem the shares from from you. I've seen it and even had some clients experience this. And this is why I veer away from privately traded REITs now, because overnight you can go from $10 a share down to $8 a share without any warning whatsoever. You just get the letter and it's happened. We've had some privately traded REITs go public, and we've done very, very well at the same time. But in my opinion, you should stay in the publicly traded real estate investment trust arena. Okay. Okay. So why – just some highlights before we get into the type of REITs. Why why do you say – the publicly traded then are a better option? Along with just the REIT itself, the reason I like it is there's no closing cost. There's no sales commissions. Mm -hmm. Buying or selling. It's just so easy. And I call it mailbox money yeah. because you can invest in these REITs and they all have a, a certain dividend that they're mm-hmm. paying and you just collect it at the mailbox or electronically have it put into your yeah. account. You don't have to deal with the tenants. You don't have to deal with the water heaters breaking. None so of going back to compare with the with the rental home, it's you don't have to deal with anybody. <laughs> One we're going to talk about later, but I'll just mention it right now. You know, We've put together a diversified a portfolio mm-hmm. of 30 plus real estate investment trusts across all the different sectors as we're about to go into. And the yield is beyond 6% plus appreciation, or it can be appreciated as well, yeah. but it, it's because it's going to go with the markets. Mm. But you get the appreciation just like you could in a in a rental home. Yeah. Back to it. Long story short, publicly yep. traded, a lot of good options. It's way easier to get in and out of it. You you don't have to deal with tenants like you do with the rental home. There's no commission sales charges. Great. So, Bob, what kind of REITs? Yeah, we're going to cover this quick. But what kind of REITs are available within the publicly traded space? There's industrial. That's warehouses and distribution centers. There's retail, like large regional malls, outlet centers, grocery anchored shopping centers. Mm-hmm. 
and power centers that feature big box retailers, you know, gotcha. like the big targets or Best Buys. Yeah. There's the lodging and resort hotel type REITs. There's the office REITs. There's the residential apartment buildings, student mm-hmm. housing, manufactured homes, single family homes, warehouses. Then we've got healthcare, so senior living facilities, hospitals, medical office buildings. We have data centers, so these are services keep servers and data safe. There's uninterruptible power supplies, air chilled coolers, physical security. Then there's cell phone towers. I always thought that was kind of yep. an interesting one. Yep. Timberland and lumber. Then you have infrastructure for fiber cables, wireless infrastructure, telecommunication towers. Kind of a little bit of a crossover with cell phone towers, but it is it is separate. And you've got mortgage, so financing for income producing real estate by purchasing the or originating mortgages, mortgage-backed securities, farmland, and outdoor advertising. There you go. 14 different ways. (laughs) You did good because that's all the different ways that we can invest in. And when we look at building a portfolio of real estate investment trusts, publicly traded real estate investment trusts, we look at all of these different sectors because it really goes with the scriptural principles, being that we're Christian financial perspectives of Ecclesiastes 11.2, the wealthiest man that ever lived in the history of the earth, Solomon. Mm-hmm. He said, give your portions to seven, yes, to eight, because you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. So the reason you want to diversify, maybe office is not the best place to be right now. Of course, housing is not a good place to be, but the housing REITs have depreciated so much. Might be a good time to buy. Yeah, because you yeah. want to buy when things are down. Like cell phone towers. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah. But the the dividend may not be as good on those because it is so so solid. Okay. So we've built this real estate portfolio of approximately 30 different deep valued REITs mm-hmm. using our program, looking at value and fundamentals of the REIT. We have two different ways that you can buy it through us. Um one is we do a buy and hold strategy for at least a year for the right. capital gain, okay? And um, that is just 30 basis points a year. That's what we charge as our management fee. Or you can buy one that's more actively managed, mm-hmm. and that's our 1% fee per year. And, and you right, can get right, in right. as low as thirty dollars to $50,000. Exactly. Yeah. And right now the yield, uh, as of recording, was over 6% plus whatever appreciation or de- depreciation might occur. So, yeah. So if you're interested, uh, as always, we're, we're here. Check us out at christianfinancialadvisors.com. You can also call or text us during business hours at 830-609-6986. Thank you so much for joining us today, and God bless. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA, Christian Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, Bob Barber and Sean Peters, and their guests. Bob and Sean do not provide tax advice and encourage you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.